0: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Lady Trucking CEO podcast. This is Camille Kitchener-Ellis, your host. This is a podcast that interviews uh, dope women and uh, bosses, CEOs in the trucking industry. And today we have another amazing guest with us today. Miss Natalia, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Yes, ma'am. My name is Natalia Apalco.
1: I've been in an industry over nine years now and I help small trucking
0: companies build safety programs for growth. Awesome. So can you uh, get into a little bit more about what that means?
1: Yes. So safety programs, and I see them as safety programs rather than safety departments, because a lot of small companies are uncomfortable building a whole department. Mm -hmm. But safety program is everything that a trucking company needs to be doing continuously to improve their operations in regards to safety and continuously take care of their safety scores, which affect their money and their revenue and profits.
0: Nine years, years—that that's quite a bit of time to be doing what you are doing. So how did you get into this particular aspect of trucking when it comes to um, safety?
1: Yeah, so I started working with my brother, I started as a dispatcher. And um, I kind of started because it was something to do. And Mm -hmm. my brother was opening a company. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do dispatching. And I did dispatching for a year. And then eventually, I merged into safety. And um, the way I did that is I found a stack of papers in the office. And I decided I'm going to organize them and I'm going to look through everything. We had all these bill of ladings, mm-hmm. receipts, fuel receipts, it's just a huge pile. And I was like, I need to organize this. That's who I am. I organize things. I, I so- need someone like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I kind of started going through it and I found this letter from DOT. And back then I read it as DOT. I had no idea who they are. So mm-hmm. I no experience in safety at all. And then I called the owner and I was like, do you know who they are and what they want? And all he told me, it's important. I guess you he heard of the name before. Mm-hmm. Don't throw it away. So eventually, about a month later, we got a letter for entry-level audit. So the timing was perfect. I had okay. time to prepare. But that's how I got into the safety aspect from
0: dispatching. Wow. Um, so that transition from dispatching into safety, um, what can you get into a little bit what that transition was like for you as far as really getting into the safety aspect of it versus the dispatching how were what were some of the ways that you were feeling about it did and your interest yeah
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I think that really dependent on personality, me, who I am, I want to know, and I'm going to know, and I'm going to find out that's who I am. So when I saw that there was this area Mm -hmm. of the unknown, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I will, I will find out all the information I needed. And again, because I am more of like an organizer and I create all these processes, I, I I liked it. So Mm -hmm. I, I was okay moving away from dispatching. Dispatching was stressing me out <laughs> oh. because of the personality I am. I'm very hands-on. Like I want to help everybody. And mm. dispatching, you have to be a little detached because there's so mm-hmm. much going on, I think. Um, so my personality specifically, I think I was more comfortable in that area. So mm. I shifted and I was
0: glad to shift. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so right now you have a, a company that specifically focuses on helping smaller carriers with making sure that they're compliant with whatever the safety issues, um, with whatever the safety requirements mm-hmm. are for the Department of Transportation.
1: Yes, that, but then it's much more than that. It's, there are a lot of companies that help you with regulations and having all the paperwork ready. I am all about building a process, building a program, a system that will allow you to grow. Because when you start growing, you will start seeing a lot of gaps in compliance, you will start coming across all these issues. And it's important to work with these constraints, not just you can't live in the mindset of one when you have one or two trucks. And then when you're trying to get to 10 or 20 trucks, that's a different mindset. That's a different program. And I'm all about growth. I am preparing companies for growth. We're not just doing paperwork, we're building a program systems processes a department okay
0: Okay. all right so we're going to get a little bit more into that a little bit later on Mm -hmm. in our conversation but let's take a moment and go back to teenage natalia what kind (laughs) of person what like um when when you were um growing up because it sounds like you were Mm -hmm. super organized and is that also how you were when you were uh when you were like, you know, 13, 14, coming up through teen years and college and all of that?
1: um So the teen me, I think that a lot of my personality was affected because we moved from a different country. Mm-hmm. I moved from Belarus. So the language barrier, the mm. cultural barrier. So in school, I was very shy. I was afraid of everybody. So I was just reading my books. That's all I did. Oh. I was just kind of in the books. Um, I didn't really have a social life of that because of that barrier mm. and i think that affected the way that i am a lot maybe i would have been much more social but i am an introvert and i think that made me even the more of an introvert than it would have yeah wow
0: so so what are some of the differences that you came across as far as um being in belarus how long were you there for were you um, in so I was born here. there
1: and I lived there for ten years. So I moved okay. here when I
0: was ten years old. Mm. Do you so, remember yeah. any distinct differences that, like, when you came here, you were like, oh my gosh! Aside from the the language barrier, like, what were some of the major things that were like, oh my gosh?
1: I think that one thing that I really remember and it kind of stuck. The first time I went to school, it kind of like just stuck in my head when we got into the classroom. All these kids were doing um, a Titanic out of paper on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I was so shocked because in our school back in Belarus, it was very organ, Everybody sitting at their desk straight up. There wasn't like this craft time. And I, to me, I, that was a culture shock because you come in and like everybody is hanging around on the floor <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Where am I? So they were doing, uh, they were posting Titanic on the wall. I don't remember why, but I think that was it. it, There's a lot of differences, but that kind of stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow,
0: I can imagine. And then the language barrier and getting through that um, and processing those changes, like those big changes at such a young age, how do you think that it has affected in how you do business today?
1: I, I think it has affected me because I am still afraid of a lot of things. And I think it's because of that. When you you don't know how to pronounce it. I, I forget words all the time, even now. <laughs> because the way that your mind works, you it's easy to forget. So mm. the fluency of speech, I think it has affected me the way I talk. My con- I think it has affected my confidence the most. And mm. that's really what matters in business is the confidence to be able to promote yourself and your business and all the areas of sales.
0: That's so interesting because it's like, in spite of that, though, you're still... You still get up and you still start your business and you still talk to who you need to talk to. So what kind of mindset or uh, thought process do you have to go through in order to actually be able to take the steps to do what you need to do to run your business? I think you have to
1: get to a point of desperation. And at this moment, I'm going to make it work. It doesn't matter if anybody thinks I am failing, if I'm succeeding, it's going to work. And one of the biggest things is I know there's a need Mm. and I am a helper at heart. That's who I am. Um, So that drives me a lot. I'm like, I know people need me. They're looking for me. And if I don't show up, if nobody knows me, then I can't help anybody. Mm. And that's it. You're you're stuck with yourself and you're like, I can't help anybody, but I want to help. So what do I need to do? I need to get out. And it's just a matter of getting over the judgment part of, what you think people are judging you? You don't even know if they're judging exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> it's you just yeah. It's so true. It's like kind of getting over that part, and you know what? We're gonna mess up, and um, some of the reels you see all the mistakes, but you just get through it because nobody really—they see it once, they forget it. Nobody sits there and ponders
0: on how well or bad you did on that specific thing. So, As it turns out, we we tend to be our biggest critic and our biggest, you know, um, downer, like we put ourselves down, especially as women sometimes. And then, uh, with the added layer of being an immigrant to this, in this country, it could really be, um, it could really be a barrier to where, to your entrepreneurial goals and your, um, and to your business, if you allow it to be. And so one of the things that I'm definitely learning is that our beliefs, like what we believe, literally drives everything yeah. that we do or don't do. And um, what are some of the things that you have to um, tell yourself every day, or that you have to, you know, what lean into as far as what you what you're believing for, what you what you um, what you believe, like what you believe you bring to the About table, yeah. yeah, to to actually be able to continue going forward in your business?
1: I think me personally, I have to get over the fact of perfectionism Mm. uh, because we want to get stuck. I call it, I get stuck in the admin box. It's my comfort zone. This is where you kind of sit. Nobody sees you. Nobody hears you. Nobody can judge you. Nobody knows what you're doing. Um, So when I realize that I'm, I'm again in the admin box, I need to get out um, so, I keep going back into this perfectionist admin because admin, a lot of admin work, we can do it perfectly. We can have all these little things in order. It's all great. But then, when you go, for example, on Instagram or do an Instagram live or record a story, there's so many mistakes and it's <sighs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> I just kind of want to get out of myself and I have to. I always tell my husband, I want to get back in the box. But once you get out of that box, your mind is so freeing mm-hmm. that it's, you You can't look at that box. So you're stuck in the middle. You can't really go back to the box and then you can't really, so yeah, you kind of push yourself. Okay.
0: I, this is, I've chose this, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and I can, I can do this. I'm going to, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to literally the self-talk that we tell ourselves, we, yeah. it has to be, I can do this. It's yeah. okay. I remember I literally posted my first reel maybe last week or the week before. And it was so like, it was so nervous. I did my first live yeah. last week too. So yeah. I can totally identify with what you're saying yeah. because that feeling before you press um, record, you're like, okay, is um, so my okay? Is it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <And Yep>. then, <laughs> that, all of that. <laughs> but But like you said before though, um, adding value and bringing value like knowing that what you, you know. are bringing to carriers' lives and to the people that you serve, knowing that they value that and that without you in that space, they like they wouldn't have they wouldn't have the resources yeah. that you have and and, and um, they're better for it when <clears throat> when we show up where we're supposed to be, and and are functioning in the area that we're supposed to be functioning in than the people that we were put here to serve will be better for it and because they out there struggling waiting for us yes
1: and they are they actually are
0: that's kind of what drives me they are actually looking for us Mm -hmm. and that's
1: what we just need to do yeah
0: yeah and sometimes we over here scared to open our mouth when they're they're like looking it's it's, it's just crazy like when you really think about it it's like oh my gosh people are looking for me we don't think about it that way because we're in our heads and we're like oh my gosh if, if i go out there they're gonna be judging me yeah. and it's like all yeah. these lies that that pop up that we tell ourselves yeah. or whatever it's just it's crazy yeah what would you say has been your biggest success or your your biggest um you know the one thing that you're like yes this is why i, I did do it. what i do <laughs> i love this yes this is why i'm in it
1: um so specifically work related with the uh, trekking safety mm-hmm it's every time I get a review or like every time somebody tells me this is so good. This is because mm. I have a course and you watch your own videos and you're like, I look so weird. I sound so weird. My lighting is off. But then when people are like, this is so helpful, I I, I was able to structure this and then I don't have to worry about this. And then to me, that's like, okay, I don't care what my videos look like. I need to start selling. I yes. need to get out to people because I want to sit here and, redo my videos a hundred times and then do this and then redo that and then I'm like I'm not helping anybody nobody cares what your videos look like if you're helping a person they're thankful they're grateful and they're like I have this one girl she's like I'm gonna tell everybody (laughs) because it's so helpful it you structure it and it's so it's it's the feedback from people for Mm. sure drives us
0: and do you have, can you talk about some of the challenges that you faced, like in, um, so some of the challenges as far as what you've come across in business um, with dealing with safety and, and um, the, the carriers and truckers that you serve?
1: Challenges that I had to, co- yeah, like something that I help companies
0: Yeah, through, which mm-hmm. one? Are- so I would say like some of the challenges that, let's do both. Some of the challenges that like, what's the single biggest problem or challenge that you see companies face when okay. it comes to the area that, to safety and compliance?
1: I think that the biggest, it's not maybe, it's a challenge, but they don't know it's a challenge. That's mm-hmm. why it's so hard to even talk to people because they don't think it's a challenge that that's the biggest part Mm -hmm. about it but it's about their safety scores so a lot of the way i see safety scores is that it's an indicator of how well your program is set up Mm -hmm. so when i talk to company owners they are in the mindset of we passed our entry level audit somebody's doing our driver files i keep repeating that because that's all i hear from people and then they think that they're done But in reality, an entry-level audit is that it's an entry-level. They are there to tell you about a program. It's not everything that there is to it. It's kind of like the FMCSA comes and tells you the basics, and then you have to take it from there and apply it to your company and let it grow with you. So I think that's like the biggest challenge is the mindset of people in the industry because there's so – and there's different reasons I think it happens because one – there's a lot of scare tactic advertisement in the industry. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pushing that scare, if you want to call it the fear mm-hmm. of compliance or non-compliance. And the second thing we're so used to people giving us checklists as companies use that as their lead magnet, mm-hmm. people are so used to checklists that they don't think, what are we, why are we even doing this? Right. So it, when you base your whole work, your whole department on the checklist, it's not sustainable it's not, it doesn't take all aspects. I do use checklists and I, I provide checklists, but I first, I think it's a little bit the mindset. Mm. And I think that's like the biggest challenge that I am having with people with clients and that the clients are having is that first we need to change the mindset. Why are we even doing this? How does this affect us? And it's not just because FMCSA told us The way I see it, FMCSA gave us a structure to get started Mm -hmm. because based on all the testing, all this, everything that they saw, this is a good way to structure your department. And I think that's the challenge Mm -hmm. is proving that to people that they need it.
0: (laughs) You just dropped so much information there because I, I agree with you 100% because, um, we did our safety entrant, my husband and I. We did our safety. Mm-hmm. We did we passed. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We make sure our <laughs> trucks are maintained. We yeah. make sure that, you know, um, we're up to date with everything else. So what would yeah. come next? Like what would what would a carrier like us, what are we supposed to be looking for or paying attention to that we don't even know that we're supposed to be looking for, or paying attention to? Yeah.
1: So I start with safety scores so there are a good indicator I know a lot of people complain that there is a measurement system in the safety score I see it as an indicator like you look at it and you know okay if I have a lot of unsafe violation unsafe driving violations we need to work with our drivers how can we do that and I go into onboarding recruiting Hiring, onboarding, qualifying, Mm. training. There's so much to it that is not on the file. Like Mm. there it's not in your driver file. Driver file is like the bare minimum you should be doing. It's the final product of your qualification. But really, there's so many. And again, I I help companies create these processes so they're able to even have an onboarding process. Mm. What does that even mean? I mean, we can go as deep. There's so many areas and i integrate safety in order for you to grow you have to integrate safety into every department into accounting into dispatching how are you planning your routes are you going to have hours of service violations like how strategic are your routes or are you just randomly picking and then the driver can't make it then they have to speed or then they're sitting so it's it's all of that wow. kind of it's it's preparing a company for growth it's not just passing a dot mm-hmm. audit we're past that what do we do next? And this is where I come in. This is what I love. Wow. And this is kind of what I do.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Um,
0: so, okay. So where would someone find their safety score?
1: So the CSA CSA.FMCSA.DOT.gov. I think that's correct, but it's really, you can Google CSA, mm-hmm. FMCSA, and you w- you should get to that point where you can, um, Login. all you need to have is your USUT number. And then with the USUT number, you can see most of the information in public. But then if you wanna see more of like your internal, more detailed, then you just put in your USUT pin and you Mm. can get there. And then from there, you will be able to see everything that you need to do. I, I, I look at the scores, I talk to company owners, they tell me they have a safety program. I look at their scores, I'm like, you don't. That's not a safety program. The safety program, you should be able to see it in this course that you have an effective safety
0: program in your company. And how would a company go about even setting up a safety program? Because I know that is something that they said Mm -hmm. we're supposed to have. Yeah. But um, what does that actually mean and Mm -hmm. what does that actually look like?
1: I, I make it very simple because I did ha- I do have a master's degree. So initially I overcomplicated everything and I'm like, oh, we need to do this and that. And then I really simplified it to, a, I see it as a process and standard operating procedures. What are we doing? When are we doing it? How are we going to do it? Who is doing it? Who is responsible? What happens if we don't do it? So it's just answering those questions mm. in the standing operating procedures manual. You have a company manual. Everybody knows what happens in what case scenario that's all it is mm-hmm. everybody has to be on the same page especially with a, a, I, I have a lot of husband and wife and wife teams sibling teams family teams I'm all about family I come mm-hmm. from a family company yes. so it's all about knowing who's doing what when and how mm-hmm. and that we are all on the same page and everything gets done and we don't have to worry about it
0: mm-hmm. so that's
1: that's how I see a program that's what okay. it is
0: okay okay wow that is that's great information that's great information and so how how would someone go about so that those were a lot of questions that company owners need to be asking themselves or carriers who are Owner operators need to also be asking themselves those questions. Owner and
1: operators, if they're trying to grow. Yes, we have. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of uh, resources to just set everything up for owner and operators. And I think there's a lot of people helping owner and operators. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of putting myself who wants to grow. This is for growth. This is if you want to grow, this is the questions that you should be asking.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's important because um, as far as keeping track of the actual processes that you go through on a daily basis, stopping to document, it's like basically documenting the process that you're, that you, that you do on a day-to-day basis. Um, a lot of times we tend to just, you know, we get up and we do what we do. Like nobody's thinking about writing down, you know, God forbid something happens to me and somebody has to kind of come and yeah. hop into my spot, What are, they're not gonna know what to do because it's all up here, yep. but getting it out of there. So is that something that your company helps people do, like to really pull the information out of their brain and put it in writing in a, uh, on paper?
1: Yes, so I actually provide a standard operating procedures template okay. with questions. And then as you go through the course, you have worksheets that you put that information in. So mm. I have questions so, initially, the way it works, you watch a lesson, um, then you gather all the documents wherever they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> in whatever piles they are, you gather them, you scan them, you create folders. I pretty much lead you through organizing your company. And then you're putting mm-hmm. that information down, then you're typing it up. You might have to talk to whoever, also like department wise, mm-hmm. and then you decide on some of the things. And I also have an issue tracker, or I call it compliance tracker, where a lot of times we can't even agree on how we're going to implement, especially in like small tricking companies. Mm-hmm. So instead of like dealing with it, we just kind of ignore it and move on to the next thing. So I make you keep track of everything that you didn't implement. So you don't have to reread all the regulations. You already know this is the issue. We couldn't figure out how to implement.
0: Mm-hmm. We don't
1: or we didn't have enough money or we don't have time or we don't have a like a skill to be able to implement that Mm. and then this is your action plan this is how you grow your company this is you're looking at your issues and you're like okay this is what we need to do we know what we need to do Mm. and you start okay do it
0: (laughs) yeah and then from from there um some companies may realize that it may be time to go ahead and hire more drivers, or if they were in the position to say, oh, let's get more drivers, they may realize maybe we need to pump our brakes a little bit and slow down and really um, get this thing documented correctly. Okay. (laughs) Wow. So um, what would you say is, is the one thing that has really impacted you personally that has um, also that you've seen have also impacted your business.
1: Impacted me personally. What do you mean by that? Specifically? So it could
0: be from like either a self-development standpoint or a, a specific incident situation that may have happened in your life. Cause sometimes we all have like these turning points. I, I feel mm-hmm. in our lives yeah. where we're like, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. or wow, this is amazing. I'm gonna make this shift or I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do things a little bit differently now because of this one experience that I've had. Um, I think
1: the biggest one <laughs> would be that I naturally worked myself out of a job. Um, so that's kind of why I am even here because I was mm-hmm. setting up all these pro- processes, procedures, um, and I worked myself out of a job. So I hired somebody to do our safety. And then I hired a driver personnel, like I've set everything up. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm not even needed here. So that's,
0: that's kind of the,
1: um, and that's your
0: company you're talking about.
1: No, no, because I was working for my brother. Oh, so okay. it wasn't even my trucking company. It was, um, working for my brother. And then eventually I was like, okay, I, I need to find something else to do. I have all this drive. I have all of that need to help and I think that was the biggest the biggest move because I think at that point I would have never opened my own company Mm. because if that didn't happen I would have never opened my own company because I am an introvert I was scared of everybody and just kind of like again in the box (laughs) you don't want to get out you don't want anybody seeing you hearing you or yeah so I think that was the biggest transition
0: so so if you didn't work yourself out of your brother's company then you wouldn't have um, been able to start your own. Yes. Okay. And so when you say you worked yourself out of your job, because maybe there's some people listening that want to work themselves out of their job that they're in so that they could start their own (laughs) company. Can you tell us how how exactly did you do that? I think that
1: it was, um, I think that I could make like a sad story about this, because I mean, you, you, I did build it for seven years. And then like, you eventually are left without a job. But I think subconsciously, I I did it subconsciously, I, I knew I wanted more. Mm -hmm. I, I, I always wanted more. It was never enough. So I think that yes, I could make a sad story about this. But then on the other side, I did it. So it's, I was setting everything up and I was kind of preparing for something and I don't know what I was preparing for, but then I guess my subconscious was preparing for For this. Yes. Yes. And it happened as it needed to happen.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) So basically you leveraged the skills that you were already using, um, working with your brother and those skills are pretty much what, um, what you're using now to run your business.
1: I think that what happened is I was doing it because as I was setting up all all these departments in the company, I was going through business school. Mm. So I was pulling a lot of information and I was like, I'm going to apply this. I'm going to figure this out. So it was a lot of learning. But then when I left, I actually worked for another company, ClickUp. It's a tech company for 90 days. That's all I could handle. (laughs) And then when I left, um, I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. So it was a year of discovering, okay, how can I use this? Because I didn't want just a safety company. I don't want to do just paperwork and get buried in pr- paperwork again. I want to be much more impactful. I want to help more. Mm-hmm. So kind of getting here d- was a journey, a very, yes, a, ju- <laughs> a journey. So kind of, and then eventually I did more, I got even more deeper into what I'm doing. And then I started remembering, I did this, I, I, now I can connect. I had more time to do research on FMCSA and everything that I did in the company, I was like, it worked. So mm. it kind of clicked, everything clicked together, that it's not just following the rules. It's much more bigger than that.
0: It's just so amazing how in the day-to-day minutiae of life, we don't see the beautiful pattern of of what things are going to turn out to be you know yeah we have the hope in our heart we have the aspirations we have this 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 drive that you said like i'm preparing for something i don't know what i'm preparing (laughs) for but i i know i need more this ain't it (laughs) yeah yeah this is not enough for me (laughs) yes yes and so um really leaning into that and not a lot of people I think fight th- those feelings like they fight the the feeling yeah. of I, I want more there has to be more yeah that unsettled feeling like oh this is you know what I mean <laughs> yes I know exactly what you mean <laughs> <laughs> you wake up and you're just like oh I have to go do this you know I have to and then and now you know being able to wake up knowing that yes I get to impact lives. I get to change lives. I get to do it on my terms. I get to do it. How I, how I'm naturally gifted at, you know, you're, you're super organized and you can use those skills that you have and that natural inclination that you have towards organization to help people who are not as organized, (laughs) who are running companies because of their drive, you know, so it's just, it's just amazing. It is. It's great. So, um, Can you tell us how can someone work with you if they would like to um, work with you? Okay, so I have a trekking safety course and it's Mm trekingsafetycourse.com,
1: very simple. And um, so you pretty much, I have a course and I like to have people finish it within five weeks because when it gets hard, we start procrastinating and then it becomes this huge project that it shouldn't have been in the first Mm -hmm. place. So I usually when the when the person starts, I schedule the five week calls, mm-hmm. so we I can get on the call with you and keep you accountable, but also help you get through these constraints. Get just kind of it's it's better to implement something than just think over it for another year and not do anything. Mm. So I'm all about that's why there is that key issue tracker because I already know you're not gonna implement everything today. So we already passed that point. So I already scheduled the five calls and we sit down and I'm like, okay, we need to move from this. You can come back, schedule yourself a meeting with yourself in six months and come back to this issue. But Mm -hmm. you already have it kind of, you know that you're going to take care of it. It's not a matter of doing everything today, Uh, but yeah, it's pretty simple. It's a self-paced course, very tiny, short videos because nobody has the time to Mm -hmm. um, it's five modules. And after each module, we meet up and I help you. Okay, let's let's get let's actually do. And th- that's kind of why I recorded videos because initially I was doing Zoom calls and then I realized people can watch this on their own and then they can actually use my time to help them do. To I'm actually, all about doing yeah,
0: to do, actual troubleshoots, do. the actual yes. issues that yes. they're having within their business yes. at that time. Yes, yes. Oh, so okay. that's kind of
1: how it's structured. So it's truckingsafetycourse.com.
0: Okay. Can you tell us um, three steps that a a carrier can do now to help improve their safety score, or at least start in the direction of where they should be going when it comes to safety?
1: Safety safety scores
0: or safety in general? I would say safety scores, because you said that that was really big. That was really important.
1: Yes. Um, So I think initially, step number one would be to look and analyze what is happening in your company. And you can see based on the violation, those are your areas of improvement. This is what you should be working on today or yesterday. So actually writing it out and brainstorming. And then really the step number two, I would say, understand why these violations happen. Mm. A lot of times we we just want to blame the driver. The driver did this, the driver was speeding, he didn't do this or she didn't do that. And a lot of these problems actually come from internal operations, from dispatching, from owner's mindset. A, a lot matters from the owner's mindset. They can Drivers can tell what is celebrated and what is not celebrated in the company. So if you keep promoting that, oh, this driver did all these hours or they drove illegally, you're already promoting it. It doesn't matter what everything else says. What are you explicitly and implicitly telling your drivers? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's really understanding what is the problem? Where is it coming from? Do we need to change our routes? Do we need to change our onboarding? Like, what do we need to change? Go deeper rather than saying, okay, driver, you mess up. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I would say is really understand the violations and how they affect your scores because um, we are we are so used to it being a warning or this is being a violation really understanding what does it mean what does it mean for your scores and explaining it to the driver mm-hmm. i mean first if you can't even understand it what how we expecting the driver to understand it yes. well a lot of times even if you explain to the driver that they have safety scores like some drivers don't even know about this so we we are trying we're expecting something out of them And then they don't even know what we're expecting. So that's kind of, I think the biggest thing is really understanding and going through your stuff and writing out a little action plan for yourself and training your drivers.
0: Natalia, thank you so much. This has been a very enlightening conversation. I'm going to ask you to just leave a word of inspiration, um, something that might have helped you with with, with like just empowering yourself just to mm-hmm. can have the last word. Yes, um, I'm all about improving a little bit at a time
1: because we want to be, we want to change fast. We mm-hmm. want fast improvements. We want fast results, but it's in the small increments of work that we really can adjust as we go. So improving 1% every day, just a little bit at a time will make the difference because we get feedback right away. It's you do something, you see the result, you change it, you do something. So
0: it's small increments of work. I love that. That is so true. We could not end this any better than that. (laughs) Natalia, thank you so much. Uh, This is the Lady Trucking CEO podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.